been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. The Mighty Swirlitzer on The God Whisperers. <laughs> when they crucified my Lord, what are you there? <laughs> the hymnic stylings of Chris Lemker at the Mighty Swirlitzer. Just, just let that play. I'm reading this article on uh, the Rain Dance. So, I'll, I'll be with you in a minute. As soon as I'm done reading this. <laughs> Key change. Nice. This has a nice Lenten vibe, don't you think, Craig? Minor. Very minor. The man's a genius, I say. A genius. Or something. 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 Bring it, we're bringing it home. Bring, bring it, home. it home. Bring it home. Oh, Whoa. Something. <laughs> something. <laughs> something. <laughs> what in the world are you doing to this show? Oh, my. I wanted it to give it a kind of a Lent vibe. What, what do you think? <laughs> well, is is that a Lenten tune or is it a Holy Week tune? Well, or is there really a difference? Play, played played that way. I'm not sure there's any category <laughs> that it, that it fits in. Uh, that I, I I just thought we would uh, introduce our AM uh, listeners to the the canon of of hymn stylings of the great Chris Lemker at the Mighty Swirlitzer. Yes, indeed. Uh, speaking of which, you are listening to the God Whispers, and I apologize for that, but uh, apparently you tuned in at this hour, so that's, that's your problem, not mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Bill, we have in the call screener booth the big dog himself, 
Rod Zwanitzer is screaming. Rod, or, oh, oh, well. If people want to actually call in and talk on the GW, which is a dangerous proposition for anyone, you can call in the St. Louis area, 314-821-0850 or 800-730-2727. Rod Zwanitzer, the director of broadcast services for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, the kingpin of KFUO, will take your calls and uh, maybe even put you through. So who who knew? Also, if you'd like to call the Skype hotline and leave a message there, we may talk about it in a month or two. Who knows? 626-593-7713, which also spells Manly Doctors 13, Manly Durs 13, which is where we got our degrees, our Manly Doctor degrees. We made them up. Well, we conferred them on each other. I also have uh, I have uh, um, uh, an ordination certificate from the, the Church of the Dude. Uh, it, I think it's like the 16th anniversary of the release of the Big Lebowski, one of wow. my one, one of one of the most heavily quoted movies ever. But uh, but yeah, I, I have one of those too. But yeah, we are not actually we are actually manly, at least in in our own eyes. Um, uh, we we do not have doctorates. We don't have earned doctorates. We we earned our doctorates. How would you say this uh, in 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 the school of hard knocks, or Fort Knox, or <laughs> or something, or something like that? Yes, and but we have we 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 are we have masters of divinity, so that 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 must mean something. We we do have that. I have an STM. That must mean something. I don't know. What I like your style, dude. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sixteenth <laughs> or so, I, I I forgot. It's one of those anniversaries of the 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 big Lebowski. Um, you can tune into any episode of the God Whispers that you may choose. Uh, we do caution against binge listening. Do not listen to more than three episodes consecutively, or we cannot be responsible for your brain. Uh, but you can tune tune in at godwhispers.org, and you can email us. And engage us by email at godwhispers at gmail.com. Did we not have a Scandinavian listener? Uh, if I remember right, it was like an all-night marathon of God Whispers, Twinkies, and Mountain Dew or something and, like and that. Minecraft. I Minecraft. Think, I think he was, was playing Minecraft at the time, too. And, and yeah, his brain exploded. Uh, we, he, he was just never the same after that. But uh, This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> this is all in honor of the big Lebowski today. I like it. I like, you, uh, Craig, you want to go to the mailbag? Let's. The God Whispers Mailbag brought to you by the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Take it easy. Take her easy, dude. The dude. Duderino, you know, whatever. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me. There you have it. Hey, mics are just moving on their own in the studio here. That's awesome. That's not a good sign, Craig. KFU is haunted. It's not a good sign. Let's uh, pick up with, um, this is from Will. Will writes, uh, Dear Manly Durs, Bill, that, that refers to me, uh, says that one may not defend himself with a firearm because Christ says not to resist him who is evil. Uh, who are we resisting when we lock doors? Ah. I, 
I'm the lock door. Oh, you like that? The lock, yes. the lock door. I'm assuming that you lock doors like everyone else. Hey, I'm a city kid. I lock doors. And I offer my sincere apologies if you do not. <laughs> well, okay. Well, so there you go. Uh, so, um, hmm. The lock door defense. What, what do you say, Craig? I, I think you have some splaining to do is what I say. Uh, and I can. And I will. The, uh, so the the, uh, the I lock the doors uh, to protect my family. Denny Crane. <laughs> Enough said. It's a service to my neighbor. I, I have a. It's my vocational duty and responsibility to protect my family. So I lock my doors. As a service to your neighbor. Yes, uh, I lock my car. Uh, which is parked outside, um, as a service to my neighbor as well. Because if someone were tempted to steal my car, then he would be dissuaded from stealing my car. And so I'm actually helping him uh, avoid sin. <clears throat> my mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. The, That's uh, the pretty bu- much what I'm hearing here. The, bu- <laughs> the business of self-defense. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is speaking indi- individually. Uh, and so I, I would say that the question um, rests on a false analogy. There's, the, there's a difference between um, an individual resisting one who is evil, going with him the second mile, giving him the shirt off his back, you know, all of that stuff that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, and locking the doors of your house. So those are the, That's an apples and oranges sort of comparison, false comparison. Of course, I'm going to lock the doors of my house to protect my family. Also a good reason, if you wish, to own a firearm to protect your family. You do have a duty uh, never mind a right. You have a duty to uh, protect wife and children. Okay. But not yourself. Mm, I, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying uh, that's a, that, that may be difficult to derive on uh, Scripture principles. So he, he, I'm, know, all, this... I'm all for concealed carry. I think that's a great idea, but not, not from the perspective of defending myself, but defending, like, say, bunches of people in a theater if somebody starts shooting or something. If, everybody's, if at least a few people are packing some heat, this could kind of avert a disaster. This is a great service to the neighbor and the community, I think. So a guy pulls a knife on you, says, uh, give me what's in your pocket. So you hand him your wallet and your gun? Is that pretty much what you're saying? <laughs> After discharging the weapon, of course. Into his foot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I might, go little, might go a little more lethal than that. I, I don't know. Oh, isn't that what Denny Crane did in the, in the garage there? He shot, he shot, I think I counted, uh, across the five seasons of Boston Legal, I think he shot five people and a duck. <laughs> Oh, and a, and a and a salmon too. They were they were at a or a trout. They were at a trout fishing camp up in Canada, and and he was having no luck catching anything by fly fishing, and so he just took a shotgun and shot it. So, Denny Crane. Yeah. So it was five people, and he actually didn't shoot the duck. It was an air gun, and it startled the duck, and it had a heart attack. <laughs> But he shot the he shot the trout. <laughs> so. Well, it's one way to get a fish, I guess. Well, so so uh, now now you're, you're saying we have a biblical right to self defense. I'm saying I have an American right to self. Oh, okay, that's fine. I mean, if you want to argue, if you want to argue in the the realm of a state, 
and uh, the political realm. Uh, of course, you have a right to self-defense in the, in the state. I'm, I'm not going to get all philosophical or <laughs> theological with you because I, I know you, you just like to run in circles for hours at a time. Yeah, so I, just, I do. Like, I'm I, just going to appeal to the Second Amendment as an American. <laughs> God bless America. Amen. Uh, I, 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 reject, I reject the locked door uh, argument, though, as being not, not analogous. One, one's about protecting. One's about self-defense. The other about protecting property and family. I thought that you were saying that you locked the door to protect your neighbors from you. Uh, that too. I, I, th- I think that's, that's I, I think you've added, you've, you've embellished my argument <laughs> one step further. So no one can walk I have in kept on them, you roaming a natural. Yeah, right. That I've kept them from great shame and vice. <laughs> my, my great shame and vice. <laughs> You know, frying frying bacon naked or something. You know, who knows? Who knows what's going to? Um, Eric writes. Um, While I don't uh, hold Wikipedia to be the final source of all things true, it is. I do too. I, I think it's very good. Uh, this is a good and properly referenced article that speaks correctly of the two ways of time in Greek. Oh no 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 no. That's I'm reading my own. <laughs> I'm reading ah. my response to, to Eric. Eric, dear God whispers, I've greatly enjoyed it when Swirla would go off about Kronos and Kairos in the past. Remember those good old days, Craig? Kronos and Kairos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, who can uh, Just one problem. He's the only person I've heard talk about it. I typically hear Kairos referred to as more of an opportune or critical moment, not as a different perspective of time itself. How do I know this is not something you made up? People ask me this all the time, Craig, I'm about most everything I say. Um, where can I go to find out more about the Kairos of which you speak? Uh, how might people be speaking in these terms without me knowing? Love the show. Keep up the college dorm appeal, uh, ah. writes Eric. Kronos and Kairos, um, those are two Greek words that appear in the scriptures. And uh, Kronos, I, I would summarize Kronos as that's what you follow with your watch, chronology, one, one thing happening after another, hours, minutes, seconds, um, you know, evening, morning, that's all, that's all Kronos. Uh, Kairos is moment. Sometimes it's season. It can mean season or opportune moment or um, it, it's kind of like it, it doesn't have a time attached to it. It's just something happens in a moment. It, it's, and so like... Uh, Paul says, now is the acceptable moment. Now is the time of your salvation. Now. It's, it's this immediate. Or like Jesus, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Um, it, it's, it's, not some, it's not the way of time that you can put on the clock. It's, 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 when, it's the fullness of time. It's, you know, and these are all things that are, that are in the, new, the, the way the New Testament relates. When God kind of invades chronos, time, when God... Uh, deals in history, it creates this crisis, and it becomes a kairos. Uh, best example I can think of is Day of the Lord in in, in the prophet Isaiah. Uh, what does that refer to? Uh, it could refer to a number of things. Good Friday, Pentecost, the last day, your baptism. These are all uh, moments where everything that God does is brought to bear in that chronological time you know because uh, we're we're chronos we're, we're we're bound by chronos we're born into time we die in time we live in time uh but god's not bounded that way what do we call god's time is that is that the kairos you know the thing that i think eric's misunderstanding here is these are not two different perspectives of time uh, because Kairos is really not about time as we measure it or the passage of time. It's not about times and dates. It's about moment. 
you know, and so opportune moment or season, that's the right way to translate it, that, uh, that this moment is, is just, it's, it's full of what God has to do. Um, so you think about baptism. I like, uh, baptism is a great example because we're baptized once, right? There is a time, a place, a date, an hour of the clock. Uh, but that baptism continues to have effect for all time. That is, it's a daily thing, like the catechism says. So, so we don't say, I was baptized. We say, I am baptized. Because that, that one moment in time has redefined who we are. It's given us a new identity. Um, I think the best thing to read on this is Robert Capon's An Offering of Uncles in the uh, book, uh, The Romance of the Word, An Offering of Uncles. Um, that's where Capon first kind of plays with these two things uh, in, uh, say, a sacramental way. So that when, when God, who is eternal, uh, messes around in chronological history, he creates a crisis. He precipitates a crisis, a moment, a kairos. So, and that's where I that's where I um, pointed Eric, by the way, uh, via Google Books, and that is the the Romance of the Word, the book, the off, an offering of uncles, and other books by by Capon as well. His books on the parables, or his uh, the Romance, not the Romance of the Word, um, the Third Peacock on the Left. No, that's not it. Um, Hunting the Divine Fox. That's it. Hunting the Divine Fox uh, on the language of theology. Uh, but but he does that. But I, I think the, the notion of, of uh, Kairos as moment, um, moment of salvation, it's to the today and the now. Uh, you know, you notice how God is always a present tense. I am. Did, didn't you uh, present on uh, something to the effect of baptized for this moment? That's weren't right. You, that, weren't you one of the speakers yeah, at... I, at a synodical thing <laughs> yeah, of some sort, I was I was the the leadoff speaker, Craig, at at the uh, 2013 synodical convention. The That's what it was. Yeah, and and the 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 title assigned mm-hmm. to me was baptized for this moment, and I tweaked the I took that title and I ran with it as baptism as moment. Mm. Let's see. Little Kairos treatment there. A Kairos, but Second Corinthians six two, I think, captures this whole essence of of that. That now is the acceptable moment. You're hearing. That's the crisis. God's word has engaged you in your Chronos, in your time and place. It's created this crisis. It's a it's a Kairos, a moment. Okay. So, but I would, you know, if he's if he's going, who else talks like this? I learned it first. And got thinking about this first from Robert Farrar Capon and the, uh, the book, uh, An Offering of Uncles. That's where he really kind of plays with those concepts. And uh, I would invite just to going back and then looking again at the way time is handled in the scriptures, uh, especially this timeless time, Day of the Lord. Um, but Day of the Lord, I think, is, is the best one, because when the Lord has his day, everything that he's purposed from all eternity comes to bear in that moment, or the fullness of time. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. It's like, it's like Kronos is, is just, just full of the promise of God, and, and then God, in time, uh, does something. He, he, he becomes man. He's incarnate. He's conceived and born. Um, and so the eternal son... Uh, comes into Kronos and uh, and and shows himself. Very good. 
And so in that fullness of time, we have these moments, these chirotic moments. Absolutely. You know, I'm I, looking at the mailbag. I'm reminded of Mark, uh, and uh, we haven't done this in a show or two. The Mark Jasa? No, no, no. And no last names. <laughs> no last names. Hey, he's a regular on our show. We well, can use his last name. Uh, yeah, okay. But but uh, remember the you might be Seamal. You know you are Seamal. Oh, when, or you might that be, Mark. Yeah, you might be Seamal if. Hmm. If the good you do, you would, you do not do, and if the evil you do not wish to do are the very things you do. Okay. That's a good this, Lenten. That's a good Lenten. That's sort a of Roman thing. seven thing, right? That's there. a Roman seven thing. Yeah. You, you might be seemal if you know that in you that is in your flesh there dwells no good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you you might be seemal that even when you do good, evil lies close at hand. All good. There you are. So those are those are. The, I'm doing a seemal talk. I'm going to be doing a seemal talk in April. And we're actually ladies, right? Yeah, this is this is a ladies uh, women's retreat uh, for Memorial Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas. So I'm going to the great state, the sovereign state of Texas. Um, sovereign are they a state or a republic? They may be a, a republic. I think they're the, republic. the Republic of Texas. I'm taking my passport just in case. I want to be able. I want to be sure I can get back again. <laughs> you better visit their uh, their embassy and make sure you get the right visas. Yeah, right. <laughs> go to the Alamo. Is that is that where you go? Get get, 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 get your visa. <laughs> and uh, and we're actually talking about doing a Seamal conference out here uh, later in the year. I've got some people who are kind of interested in that. So we're Ooh, that could be. Fun. There's talk right now. There's talk of a Seamal conference uh, where we gather some people who uh, really get this business of being, as I call it, Christ in an Adam suit or a new man hidden inside an old man. And uh, and so uh, we're going to kind of play around with that a little bit. I, I think it's a valuable concept in understanding the Christian life. I think it's uh, way neglected. Um, and I think people are confused. I think a lot of Christians think it's the new man that they, that's outside and the old man that's inside. So we're sinful within and we're sinless from the outside. But that can be quickly disproven. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Oh, yeah. I'm, no, I, anybody, <laughs> anybody who thinks they're outwardly sin, sinless, uh, just give them five minutes with me. And, no, and, I, I'm just saying the easily disproven part because people get pretty fat-headed about a lot of stuff. Well, no, you, you don't. You don't logically disprove it. You just provoke them to great sin and shame and vice, and there you go. Oh, I Done can deal. do that. That it's, I can do. It's like Joyce Meyer. I mean, doesn't she say she's 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 not a sinner? I believe she does. Yeah. Well, give me five minutes with her, and, and uh, <laughs> you'll make her sin. Oh, she'll just <laughs> she'll be threatening mayhem. She'll be. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to brandish my weapon just in self defense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm chomping at the bit here because uh, you sent me this article on the Native Rain Dance. Oh, yeah. Well, that... <laughs> and, and so I'm looking at this. I'm terribly distracted as you're talking because the, the, the pictures in this article are worth, I, you know, <laughs> pictures worth a thousand words. This is, this is like a million words worth of stuff here. Oh, yeah. Well, as you know, this comes out of the... the uh... You like my drum circle there? Yeah, you might need to turn it down just a little bit. But uh, all right, we, yeah. can, we can. We there can. There we go. There, there we go. Oh yeah. Yes. I, I was. Let, this is an actual drum circle. 
So anyway, uh, as you know, we're, we haven't had much rain here. We, we, no. we, we've been really hurting for rain. And so um, gal by the name of Lainey Reyna, who has ha- – now, okay, that sounds a little con- – you know, that sounds a little fishy right there. Okay? Right, right. R- R-E-Y-N-A. Not much better. Reyna, okay. Not, not that's much like we, we have a weatherman out here known as Dallas Rains. You know, was yeah, he like true. foreordained to be a weatherman or did he change his name down the road? I don't know. I, yeah. But, but, but Lonnie Reyna is also known as she who makes things happen. Uh, a name given to her by a shaman decades ago, which kind of leads me to think, Craig, I mean, if we had alternative names like that, what would they be? I don't know. But you know what? We need to take a break. So we're going to talk more about this. I, I want to be backside of this. I want to be known as he who really ticks people off. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the world famous God Whispers. We'll be back after some important or probably important messages. Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I remain Bill Swirla. That's They Might Be Giants. Build a little birdhouse in your soul. I like that song a lot. I think it's just weird enough to go along with what we were talking about before we went to the break. I, I should, I'm going to start introducing myself as he who irritates others. <laughs> Baboon who bug. <laughs> she who makes things happen. So yes. I guess I guess what she's making happen is they're they're conducting rain dances, um, and they they did one. Uh, they formed a rain dance circle on the lawn of Old Mission San Batista. Now where is I? I don't even know where that one is. I, I grew up I in California. No idea. <laughs> Bautista, but uh, got all kinds of people together, and uh, and so they they uh, they had this rain dance. Um, hmm. It it doesn't just stop there. It keeps going. It does. About 75 people, including the mayor and the local priest, formed a circle on the lawn at the Old Mission San Batista. It, uh, quite a crowd in a city of 1900. So you've you've got your well, you, yeah your that, local Roman Catholic there. priest out there. I'm assuming Roman Catholic. You maybe, have she who makes things happen. Maybe Episcopalian. Described as silver haired and yoga slender, uh, she there burned sage in an abalone shell. <laughs> and then and then the circle danced clockwise, which apparently attracts low pressure systems. Ah, clockwise. I see counterclockwise. Not so good. Clockwise, good. 
Maybe maybe the problem is we've been going counterclockwise too long. We know it is our disrespect for Mother Earth that yes. brings this drought. Is that another way of saying right. uh, human-induced global warming? I, I'm sus- I'm suspect of that. Our disrespect well, for Mother Earth. That that might be the scientific way of saying it. This is the religiously bizarre way of saying it. Mother Earth, honor Mother your Earth. mother. Honor, Honor your mother. Your so, mother. so there. Now, here's the here's where the fun begins. Okay, so so apparently, uh, what they what they do is is they they gather together and and they 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 dance clockwise, attracting low pressure systems. And according to this one picture, uh, which is quite a sight to behold, uh, she's holding a bottle of of uh, Arrowhead water. Uh, which I'm I'm deeply disturbed by the uh, the plastic bottle, which is creating a huge landfill issue. Speaking of you know dishonoring Mother Earth, I mean mom mom's not happy about that. But what what draws my eye is she's spewing water out of her mouth. Hmm. Um, and so so it says that that Raina, otherwise known as she who makes things happen, uh, passed out bottles of water. And she told people to take a sip and spit it out as they danced. Spit it in the air. Spit it on the ground. Water attracts water. Really? Yeah. Now it says people were laughing. It turned into a spitting water fight. You think? Um, <laughs> Penny the terrier did her part by licking children's faces. Ah, good old Penny the terrier. Just <laughs> have a water balloon uh, contest while we're at it too. Um, spewing water. Yeah, we're trying to save water, and they're spewing water. A few churchgoers joined the group that included a woman in running clothes, a girl in pink cowboy boots, and the tattooed owner of a pool cleaning company, uh, who <laughs> happens the, happens to be the owner of the Boston Terrier named Penny. One of the things that I, I really like about this, and I just looked it up as we were talking, San Juan Batista is inland from monterey bay oh oh that's right so yes yes it's it's kind of up near watsonville kind of that area in fact hollister right near hollister i believe i have visited that mission i I visited about half of the the california missions which are are really interesting if you're out in california uh take in some of the the missions they're kind of the backbone of california and and, padre swirla yeah yeah so it's it's a pilgrimage for me in this remote area uh when uh, i'm sorry during the missionary era California Indians hid in this remote area when they escaped the priests and soldiers. They escaped the priests? Yeah, they were they were they were running from the priests. That's right. Even now it's a hard place to find. Car <laughs> navigation systems and cell phones don't work here ah. at the end of a long dirt road where Olone and Costa and, and, and people settled. You know, I, I'm starting to 4, wonder. 4,200 years ago. Now, this is kind of a magical area, it sounds like. There there must be some magnetic disturbances or something well, there. Well, it says, They're, he says. The spirits are strong. He says, and this is this is she who makes things happen, ex-husband. Um, <laughs> he's chief. Apparently, she made that happen, too. He's chief Sonny, <laughs> yes. He owns a coffee shop in town. Um, he says magic has never left this place. We're the ones. Ah. We're the ones who forgot. We should be aware and celebrate the magic of nature all the time. Use the power you were born with to dance and pray. You know, I'm wondering. Maybe is that the problem in our churches? Is cell phones and GPS systems? Maybe that's Could jam. Be. Maybe that's jamming our signal. Now, this you'll love this, Craig. The two were once hippies. <laughs> you think? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Nuh-uh. And, and both are still in the habit of flashing peace signs. 
Don't, look, don't do that in South Central. I'm just saying, okay? Just <laughs> don't don't flash any signs. It's just not safe. Later, unless you have, unless you're carrying concealed weapon, can defend yourself. Later, you notice how I tie back to that. Yes, that's I, that, I that's that. that's a rule in good literature and in high comedy. Is you want you want to tie back? You always want to tie back. Um, later, they were involved in the American Indian Movement, the group that led an armed standoff with federal agents at Wounded Knee. Uh, South Dakota in 1973. Armed, stand up, federal <laughs> agent. Yeah, yeah. Then Peace, they be- man. Okay, Peace. wait for it, Craig. Then they became, Peace, man. here it is, interfaith ministers. Uh oh. And held conferences in the giant teepee in their backyard. <laughs> and I end with this note. They were married for 20 years. They marked their divorce on a hilltop, invited all their friends, and considered it a sacred sign of approval when an eagle flew overhead. Of course. A sacred sign of approval of their divorce after having been married for 20 years when an eagle flew overhead, Craig. I am absolutely riveted by this whole article. I, <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm stupefied. There's, there's a picture of Raina spewing water. Chief, and, now uh, Chief Sonny lives in a trailer out by the teepee, as so, <laughs> as so many divorced men do. I, I just I just hate <laughs> Oh my! You know, I I know some people uh, get a little bit antsy when when you make fun of the beliefs of other people. But they dance clockwise and then counterclockwise. Well, I guess the counterclockwise is so it doesn't rain too much. They don't. Ah. You, you don't want landslides and now, flooding. I I have to say they've been very effective. It's you, rained. You, you guys got rain. Yeah, we got and we got like five and a half inches uh, as measured in a bucket in my driveway. And, and you guys are are supposed to be in for uh, what can I think of what is La Nino this year? La Nina, whatever. Well, El Nino is, is El the Nino. wet. That's Why can't wet. I think? Yeah, El, El Nino. Nino is wet. La Nina right. is not so good. It's the El Nino that you guys are in. Who's for. who's talking El Nino? I heard it on the news just this morning. El Nino is a big pocket of warm water that sits out in the Pacific that feeds storms. So when it's sitting, or when it's like that, we just get buckets of rain, which we, right. could, we could use buckets of rain. So California will get deluged with rain, and we will just get hot, sticky weather in the Midwest. So now, Craig, um, so they, they danced uh, clockwise and a little bit counterclockwise, and, and it rained. So now, does that prove that it worked? Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're just the rube that Las Vegas loves, you know. The the it followed that, therefore it caused that. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna play this in the background while you uh I'm I'm wondering what, what you what you have in mind. Little dancing in the moonlight. Dancing in the moonlight. Um yeah. you know, on that note, Craig, I I think this this is a segue into Asking Craig questions. This, this oh. is this is we we need uh, the atheist questions for Craig. Okay, wait, wait. I got I got to get back to that one then. The atheist questions. Oh, yeah, you need the you need the the uh, Twilight Zone. Yes, here we go. All right. Okay, so so Craig, the, these are I I didn't even read them all because I was just rolling my eyes when I read the first two. The, well, these are the, these are all in the in in this this area of miracles. Uh, which you know, I think that coincides with the idea. So some people danced in a circle and beat drums, and it rained. So therefore, you know, they're dancing in a circle, beating drums caused the rain. So Craig, uh, 
when you declare a miracle. Yes, I do often. <laughs> yeah. D- does this mean you understand everything that is possible in nature? Absolutely. <laughs> no, of course not. What kind of stupid question is that? Well, here's, here's the logic behind the question. Uh, to declare a, a miracle is kind of a default position. It's I can't explain it. But a scientist would say you're just lacking. You, you need more evidence. You need to study it more. And eventually you'll come up with an explanation. So declaring a miracle is kind of a cop-out. It's sort of, you know, going down a side road that you don't need to go down. You just need to kind of keep researching it, and you'll come up with an ex- a better explanation than a miracle happened. So what, what would you say there? Um, uh, it, look, there are miracles that occur that science has not been able to explain and probably will never explain. Uh, so because things happen that science can't explain, does that make it scientific? I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. The, the, the question is... The whole question the, the, is... The question is, is a trap. Lame. No, the question is a trap. Uh, well, no, I'm not God, so I don't know everything. First of all, you, one doesn't declare a miracle or invoke a miracle. One just simply observes something one can't explain. Um, if it happens repeatedly, then I would say it's not a miracle. Because if it's if it can be measured and explained scientifically, then it's not a miracle. Uh, okay. Miracles are precisely the thing that science throws out, the statistically insignificant event, the non-reproducible event. It's not that you can't say it didn't happen. It's only that you can't say, I can't watch it happen because it, it doesn't happen reliably and reproducibly. So it's outside the – it's off the radar screen of science yeah. entirely. You know, but the the thing is this, it, even science itself is miraculous because God created it all. And, and so I look at I look at science, I look at medical technology, I, I see all of this stuff and it it is miraculous. But all that creation is miraculous. Yeah, but but that's that's miraculous in the sense that Richard Dawkins says uh uh, inspiring awe and wonder. Yeah. But that's not what a miracle is. A miracle is a non-reproducible event, like Lazarus rising from the dead. Dead men don't rise. Don't expect it. Don't go to grandpa's funeral expecting grandpa to sit up in the coffin. He's not going to. All right? And yet we don't declare miracles. We simply observe things that are outside the course of the ordinary way of things. See, that's what Hume said. Hume said there is no such thing. Therefore, there are no such, there are no, there's no such thing as miracles. Because, because if miracles were a regular occurrence, there'd be no laws of nature. I mean, the world would be random. If God answered every prayer exactly the way people prayed it, the world would be utter chaos. There, there would be no, no laws of physics, no, no laws of gravity, no nothing. There would be no science. Science presupposes order. So th- this, is, this is really a cop-out. We don't, and Christians don't use miracles as explanations for stuff. No, miracles are unexplainable things. <laughs> right, and non-reproducible. And contrary to, to some popular belief, we don't expect miracles. When I'm sick, uh. I, I pray for healing, and I go to my doctor. Because that's the means that God has supplied. Uh, when I was a scientist, if I ran into something I couldn't explain, I didn't say a miracle happened. You know what's miraculous? 
Vix. Vix is miraculous. <laughs> Vix is. Vix is an amazing substance. I'm just saying. And Gold Bond. <laughs> did, when you were a kid, did mom la- just slather you in Vix whenever no, you had No, like... we didn't get a whole lot of Vix as kids. Oh, I don't know man. why. I tell you, in my house, you had bronchitis, sore throat. I had, I had bad tonsils, so I always had you know tonsillitis going on. You just gargle with it. Uh, no, no. Yeah, that would be awful. No, you'd be slathered. Kill you. You'd be slathered up up to like your chin, from the chin down, oh. packed in Vicks, yes. and, and then and then wrapped in pajamas, and and of course the pajamas would stick to the Vicks, and and this menthol just oozing out of all your pores and and stuff. I, it's it's just it was an amazing substance. So. Anyway, let's let's move on to the next stupid question. Stupid question number two. If a woman was cured of cancer by means unknown to us, yes, and everyone declared it a miracle, people are declaring miracles all over the place, would the chance of scientifically replicating this cure be more or less likely? <laughs> I, since miracles tend to defy science, and science is based on the ability to replicate things partly— uh, I the stupid question. The 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 answer to the question would the chance? What are, uh, let's let's rephrase the question. What are the chances of scientifically replicating this cure? The answer is they would be the same whether or not people thought it was a miracle. Pretty much. They, no, it is. I mean, if if it's miraculous, if it's a one-time I, singularity, I'm not disagreeing. I am agreeing with you. It I'm cannot saying, yes, be replicated. But but think about like uh, Andrew Weil, who's a doctor, kind of an alternative doctor, but he's got a, a medical degree too. Uh, he he's written a book on spontaneous healing. These are people who have basically been healed of all sorts of things, cancers, all kinds of conditions. Uh, it's not a religious thing in his in his mind. They've just been spontaneously healed. He doesn't call it a miracle. Okay? He he's just what he's doing is he's trying to collect all these anecdotal healings and look for a common thread. Perhaps there's a common thread in it. Who you, knows? You just basically stole the words out of my mouth as far as the anecdotal healings go. You know, all of a sudden Five people are are have recovered from doing this certain regimen, whereas there have been fifteen thousand who did the same thing and got no recovery out of it. All of a sudden, it's pronounced a cure uh, because five people got better. And, well, and so you know, there's no double blind study. There's no. <laughs> it, it's it's just anecdotal. It goes it, it goes back to our rain dance. What a beautiful tie in right there. Um, you know. So what if you what if you danced? counterclockwise and it rained okay then your whole system of thought is 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 180 degrees out of whack um that it rained because because she who makes things happen had a bunch of people spewing arrowhead water all over the lawn uh that could be a grand coincidence i find your lack of faith disturbing (laughs) i think sane and rational people always have to ask themselves uh when two events uh seem to be tied together uh, we danced clockwise and it rained. Um, is there a cause? Is there a correlation, strong or weak, or is it just plain coincidence? And how can yes. you and how can you tell the difference? Next question: If humans declared fire to be a miracle thousands of years ago, 
That's great. Would we still be? They're still declaring miracles. You know, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of what a miracle is. But if humans declared fire to be a miracle thousands years ago, would we still be huddled together in caves while we wait for God to fire another lightning bolt into the forest? This is where I just stare at the microphone <laughs> like a dog hearing a sound that it doesn't understand. And you just tilt your head yeah, back right. and forth. That's right. That that look of a dog, the crooked head. I I hear a noise. I have no idea what it means. It's like it's like listening. What the heck are you talking? This is about? like listening to logical Chinese. You know, you may as well be speaking a language I have no clue. Uh, would we still be? I have no idea. I don't even know. What drives that question? <laughs> First of all, it's just ridiculous. First of all, I, I I think it's I think first of all I I think it's it's just part and parcel of the human creature this wonderful intelligence that we have that I believe comes from God that we're very curious about how the world works. If fire occurred only once, or maybe say a couple of times. In 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 centuries, we probably would never have fire. We would just consider it a miracle. But the fact is, fire happens all the time. Our hills burn every year. No miracle there, my friends. There's just combustion. And and the, see, the thing is, the human mind looks for repetition and pattern. We love it. And so, if something keeps happening, we want to know why. And yeah. we're not going to say God did it or a miracle happened. We're going to try to understand why. That's the nature of science. It's, it's the do it again, do it again. One more, right? Craig. If God, right. if God gave a man cancer, ponder that, and the devil cured him to subvert God's plan, how would you know it wasn't a divine miracle? <laughs> what would you do with a brain if you had one? I, I'm reading these, Craig. Somebody thinks this so is wait, clever. There, there is no God, but if there is, it, and he gave you cancer, he gave you cancer, and then the devil cured it to subvert God's plan of giving to, you cancer. Then how would you know that that healing didn't come from God? <laughs> you nothing that I say. I do. I don't even know what to what to make of that. Well, that is that, and it's it's first, inside out. First of all, God doesn't give people cancer. Uh, second of all, the devil can't heal. So you know, I mean, we're kind of like flip flopping there. So this is a hypothetical, contrary to fact. So there's nothing you can do with that anyway. You can't answer that. But Craig, one more question related well, to. Well, I can't answer these questions. One so, more question so related he must to. Be, no. He must be well, well. Here's the uh, clincher. Here's the clincher, Craig. In his unbelief. Now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That, that's right. Uh, because now he's just inventing things. So if God gave you cancer and the devil cured him, how do you know it wasn't from God? But Craig, really, here's really the bottom line. What if he was an unkind atheist homosexual? What what if who was an unkind atheist homosexual? I assume the man who has cancer. <laughs> if he's an unkind atheist homosexual yes. that God gave cancer to. And the devil cured him to subvert God's plan. How would you know it wasn't a divine miracle? <laughs> devil cured him to they danced clockwise, and it rained. <laughs> did, 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 did their dancing and beating on drums and spewing arrowhead water at one another and upon the ground, did that cause I, it to rain? 
I don't know, but this has been one of the weirdest hours of God Whispers history. I think I think, I think we've broken just, new ground. Just bizarre. <laughs> the whole thing. Hey, uh, there have been a couple of instances in the religious news here okay. where uh, people have gone out and imposed ashes on the highways and byways, as oh, it were. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've saw that. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple of things. Some, somebody uh, just kind of going around offering to impo- put ashes on anybody. Um, the other the other person had a, sort of a drive-through ashings, so you didn't have to get out of your car. Right. That but was going on here in St. Louis also. I don't know if that's the same thing or not. <laughs> it's like in the local in and out. You have, have, a, have a double-double with fries and ashes. I, I got my ashes supersized, personally. <laughs> What's what is that about, Craig? What what, what you so so we, it, we were I, I was in a meeting just before this, and I I had mentioned what we were talking about today, and and I mentioned this, and Andy Bates, who does uh, his time in the morning and uh, Faith and Family, he he was saying that in St. Louis, there he is, right there in St. Louis, they have drive through ashes somewhere. <laughs> well, um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, didn't what's his name from the Crystal Cathedral? I mean, he he pretty much invented the drive the drive in church. Andy just poked his head in the door and he said, "I said that they would come to your office with the ashes." Oh, I think maybe maybe it was someone else who said that. Well, so I, they deliver. Well, they I deliver saw, to your office. I, I don't have the reference. I lost the reference here, but there was some some gal who's uh, um, she she's a convert uh, from atheism to Christianity, but but Episcopalian. But she's going around. Um, just to like the homeless and people in the street, just random strangers and offering to put ashes on them. And, and apparently they're finding this very meaningful. If you were homeless, would you rather have ashes or a sandwich? <laughs> well, I, apparently uh, ashes are becoming like the thing. Ashes uh, e- are the new sandwich. E- even, even among the, the spiritual but not religious uh, category, uh, group of people, you know, the, the, the Pew Institute, the nuns, the N-O-N-E, the, they have no religion, but they're very spiritual. I, I, for some reason, ashes have captured the imagination of, of people in a, in a sort of a spiritual way, and, and I'm not sure what to make of that. Um, I, I think there's perhaps now the way this this gal describes it is she says it's a piece of honest truth. You're dust. You're going to die, um, and and we don't talk about that anymore. And if that's the case, I'd say it's a positive step in the right direction. Of contemplating one's mortality isn't a bad idea. Okay, dust you I, are, and to dust you will return. I the, suppose that's the law. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the gospel is from the dust the Lord will raise you. Uh, my line last night: dust never had it so good. <laughs> dust never had. It. Did you impose ashes? Did not. You you refused the imposition. I don't. I I have not reintroduced it. It was removed. <laughs> the Reformation got rid of it, and I see no point in bringing it back again. Hey, that's a great point. We only have a minute left. Do you know the origin of the ashes? Well, it's old. Te- I mean, aside from the Old Testament thing and all that. I mean, in the church. In the church, uh, private devotion is most things. It wasn't until about eleventh or twelfth century that it became public practice, and and even then the popes were were opposed to it as a as a, a, a public right for a long time. You look in the Old Testament, it's a private uh, expression of grief and mourning, like Job heaping ashes on his head, uh, you know, rending your garments. Uh, th- these were all signs of, of mourning and grief, but they were individual, personal, uh, never corporate, 
liturgical ritual kind of thing. So as I remember, it's it's medieval, uh, and it, it it becomes kind of the uh, tied in with the whole medieval notion of Lent as being a time of self-deprivation, mourning. Well, there you have it. Well, folks, you've endured another hour of the God Whispers. Endured is, and and you danced clockwise. <laughs> Lord have mercy on us all. We'll see you next week. It it makes me want to do the drum circle thing just a little bit more.